Hello and welcome. My name is Kyle Nielsen, and this is How You Level Up, a podcast where I ask questions to help you become your best self. Today, we ask, what is negotiation? Who are people that negotiate? And what do people negotiate about? Every day, you negotiate with someone, even with yourself. These negotiations happen so frequently that you likely don't notice how often you are in negotiations. And other times, the negotiation is glaringly apparent. So, what is this thing then that you're doing all the time? Well, negotiation is the process by which two or more parties try to resolve perceived incompatibilities, sometimes incompatible goals. Negotiators engage in determining if a transaction or conflict can be reached through communication. Should a conflict ensue, negotiation continues. Should a transaction result, the negotiation has a formal conclusion when the transaction is enacted. So in a sense, every time you talk about where to go eat lunch, if you have conversations with your roommate about what to watch on TV, If you chat with a customer about their needs in your store or their needs over the phone, you are engaging in negotiation. Negotiations harness one of humanity's most basic psychological drives, our need to maintain consistency in our words and deeds. There are four stages of negotiation. There is the preparation, the information exchange, proposing and concession making, and then commitments. We can use the basic example of deciding where to eat with your friend to expand on this. Before lunch, you start to feel hungry. You may consciously or subconsciously think of a few places where you might go to eat. This is the preparation stage. Once you meet your friend, you mention a few places you would like to go eat, and maybe they mention a few other places. This is information exchange. If they do mention a few places, you'll talk about which one both of you would like to go to, which one both of you would prefer. If they don't mention any, you and they will discuss the places you suggested. Maybe going to one place today means going to another place tomorrow or next week. This is the proposing and concession-making stage. Then... You reach a conclusion and start heading over to that agreed-upon spot for lunch. This is the commitment stage. You can plug any situation into these four stages of negotiation. Once again, they are preparation, information exchange, proposing and concession making, and commitments. If you are participating in a negotiation around a company merger and acquisition, stage two, the information exchange, And stage three, the proposition and concession making might last a little longer than the negotiation you have with your friend over lunch, though it still fits the bill. So let's loop back to the outcomes of a negotiation, the transaction or conflict. When negotiation is crucial to one party, there is a higher chance of conflict happening during negotiation. And to Uh, Use our previous example on conflicts, where conflicts are natural, as natural as your need for sleep and desire to eat. Conflict is a present 
that we uncover so that we might seek resolution. When there are conflicts in negotiation, during crucial negotiations, normally they surround three ideas. Opposing opinions, strong emotions, and high stakes. When negotiating, if you or the other party believes that one of these three ideas is permeating the conversation, what can you do? How can you engage in negotiation to address the conflict and continue moving towards a commitment and transaction? Well, there are three things you can do. If there is opposing opinions, you can seek common ground. If there are strong emotions, you can change the framing of the negotiation. If there are high stakes, you can tackle the easy issues first. Let's address this one by one. First, how do you find common ground? Let's use the distinction of positions and interests to find common ground. Specifically, a position in negotiation is something that is decided upon, something concrete and explicit. Positions are short-term goals. On the other hand, an interest in negotiation is a motivation, likely underlying the desire to negotiate and may or may not be expressed. Interests are long-term goals, as compared to positions being short-term goals. An example of a position versus an interest would look like this. If two parties are negotiating over a salary amount for employment, their positions might be employer with hiring someone at 70000 and candidate being hired at 80000 Now their interests might be for the employer to pay someone enough to encourage skilled talent to join the company, and the candidate's interest is to receive a salary that offers them and allows them to be able to afford daily living costs and save a little at the end of the month. For the candidate, seeking common ground would therefore be angling the conversation about what pay range is available for the position and what additional benefits are available to offset other costs, rather than talking about the dollar and cents amount of the salary itself. For example, will the employer pay for schooling and you were thinking about working towards a degree or certificate? How much does the employer pay for the health care that you receive? Do they provide a monthly stipend for office supplies or transportation? Will they provide a lump sum amount for relocation, if necessary? By negotiating from an interest rather than a positional standpoint, the proposing and concession-making stage of the negotiation is not cemented in place because the parties are stuck in their respective positions. Now this leads us into the second thing you can do when in negotiation conflict, which is changing the framing of the negotiation. While we've changed the frame of the salary from the amount provided per year from the employer to what benefits are received while working there, you can also use the STLC model. This helps change the framing, or rather, it helps you change the framing. The STLC model is an acronym, and it means STOP, Think, listen, communicate. You can use the STLC model to focus the conversation on interests instead of positions. You can use the STLC model to separate people from the problem during a negotiation. You can use the STLC model to 
invent a new option or multiple options with mutual gains for both parties. As an example, if you are negotiating with a customer over their renewal, use the STLC model to create space for you to engage with them strategically. Are they saying they will contract in their renewal because they had layoffs this past year? Are they saying that they're contracting because the price is too high or because they have fewer employees than anticipated? Will they be hiring again in the near future? Maybe you can create a new option during this renewal where they secure pricing that you're offering today by saying that they're going to buy more in the future, knowing that they're going to grow into it and save money during that time. Maybe you can explore alternative things that they can purchase. Maybe you have professional services. Maybe you can check if there are any other partners that they can introduce you to. Once you can change the framing of the conversation, you open doors and windows previously unseen. And this leads to the third thing that you can do during conflict in a negotiation, which is tackle the easy issues first. If you're negotiating with your partner or roommate about redecorating the house or home, you can start the negotiation with them by tackling easy stuff first. Like what color scheme do they want to go with? What is the style and environment they want to create? Rather, of course, than jumping online or heading into the store and looking for furniture. Perhaps moving some furniture that you already have from one room to another or one side of the room to another side. And that can maybe help you skip some purchasing of new furniture. When in a negotiation where conflict is arising, ask yourself, where are the small things that we can get out of the way and agree upon? This will build up momentum and agreement, therefore trust and rapport, between you and the other party. This happens because as you begin to agree on several small items, there is common ground between you, and it becomes more apparent. Build upon the small successes you make here, and once the negotiation has reached its conclusion, a commitment to transaction, you can look back and stand impressed that, going into the conversation, there was a lot of perceived incompatibilities to discuss, and now there's harmony. So, take a moment to think back to the last negotiation that you were in. Did you notice any conflicts arise during the conversation? What were some of the positions of the parties included? What were some of the interests of the parties included? Where was the common ground? Did the negotiation result with commitments? Or was it left open-ended? And how might you think about your next negotiation? Thank you for listening to another episode. If you're enjoying the show, open up the app you're listening to this on and hit the like or subscribe button and give a five-star rating. At least twice a week, you'll find a new episode asking you a new question so you can strengthen your emotional independence improve your communication skills, and upgrade your personal philosophy. So if there's a question you'd like me to dive into next, send it to any of these social media accounts connected in the show notes here. This is all about how you level up.